Hello, everyone, and welcome to Riding in Cars with Cats. My name is Mike Tanner, and today I want to talk to you a little bit about writing content. This is one of my absolute favorite things to do, and it's something that I do both for myself as well as for a number of clients. And I've been doing this for quite a while. And in that respect, I wanted to talk today about some ways to get creative with posts, some ways to become interesting with the content you're putting out, and some ways that you can use content to drive engagement and hopefully sales, obviously in the long term. There's a couple common things that I notice when I look at companies that blog, businesses that use blogging as part of their marketing plan. And the first thing that I notice is that people get very, very excited very, very quickly about blogging and then very, very quickly give up on it. I see it all the time when I'm looking at a company's you know, blog reel. Um, I see that they have maybe a post a week for a solid month, maybe, or maybe two months. So they get all this content out, or maybe they even produce more than that. They produce, you know, a couple of week for six weeks. And then what you see is you see this huge drop off. There's no content that comes out for a significant period of time. And then you see that they remember this and they put out a blog post a week for a month. And they'll actually often talk about, here's why we weren't here. and Here's why we came back. I've done this myself. And this is the reason I sort of laugh at this. But what ends up happening is that they only do this a couple of times. And in the end, they, they just stop. And so the first thing is that if you're going to commit to blogging, make sure you're in it for the long haul. Make sure that you're willing to create content at a consistent and regular interval not just because you think you should put some content out at this time. Obviously, make sure that you have good content that's relatable, but you've got to be putting out content pretty regularly for anyone to really pay that much attention to you. If you have a huge social following, it's possible to do it a little less often, and then when you do it, people actually will, will be connected to you in some way, but I have a feeling that you probably don't, and that's probably part of the reason that you're doing blogging as, as part of the process for yourself. So that's the first thing, is you really need to get the content out there and be really consistent with it. But when it comes to creating interesting content, when it comes to creating content that converts, uh, which is something you hear all these marketers talk about, it's really about how can you connect that content to people. How can you connect that to your brand, to what you're selling, to what you're providing, all these different things. And there's a few ways you can do that that are, that are good. And there's a few ways you can do that are bad, that are bad. One of the things that I would really suggest is that people need to think very differently about what a blog looks like. It can be a very academic looking post. It can read like an essay, but it doesn't have to. And some of the really, really great pieces of content don't read like that at all. The content that I find most uh, meaningful and that connects the most has a combination of three things. First, it reads as very conversational. It reads as 
speaking to an individual rather than outlining some facts. The content that I find most successful are things that say like, if you're doing this, you're probably seeing this. And this is why that's happening. So what do you think about that? How can we do this? And then you answer those questions. But it, it, it is always very, very conversational in that aspect. It, um, it basically is designed to have a conversation with you. There's a, a really, really great novel or, or book, I guess, because it's, it's a piece of nonfiction called How to Read a Book by Mortimer J. Adler. Mortimer J. Adler is a um, sort of a legend in the education community. And he wrote this book called How to Read a Book. When you first think about that process, you think, well, that's kind of the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I know how to read a book. But one of some of the things that he talks about in it are really quite interesting. And one of those things is that a book is a conversation between you and an author. And as a reader, one of the things you can do that will strengthen that connection is actually have that conversation back to them. So, for example, I write pretty regularly in the books that I uh, that I read. Anything that I own typically has a lot of notes in it, things underlined, things circled, notes in the margin, all those sorts of things. And I do that because I'm having a conversation with the author. And that's something that I actively do as the listener. I actively do that as the reader, as the receiver, if you will. But you as an author, and that's what you are if you're writing blogs, you are an author, you are writing. I, I don't like the term blogger because I think it just... There's a number of things that it invokes or evokes that, um, that I don't think are really that connected to what it is. So as an author, as a writer, you can do things that will help create that relationship where you're not just passively hoping that people engage with you in that respect, but rather you're actively pursuing that conversation and that engagement. And so... That's one of my first things is I really strongly recommend that your pieces are conversational in nature. I also recommend that you do one of a couple of things when it comes to the actual content that's there. I recommend that you either shock, inspire, or motivate people to a point that they are likely to take an action. If you have the ability to say something that's really interesting and unique. Don't just make this a dry reporting of facts. Even in a conversational way, don't make it a dry reporting of facts. You want to create a piece of content that people go, oh man, did you, did you read that? Like, did you hear about that? Did you, you know, are you, were you connected with that in some way? That's the kind of stuff that you want to be producing in your, in your content. That's a huge part of it for me is what can you say or do that that is going to be interesting. Uh, you're listening to this and you're probably thinking that the audio to this particular um, podcast is not very good and you'd be likely correct. I have been trying out a couple different methods for how to improve the audio on the show, sometimes using headsets, sometimes using a mic that connects to uh, my iPhone. But I was recently talking about the idea that it, the, the quality of the audio doesn't really in any significant way matter if you have great, great content. Uh, I talked a little bit about Gary Vee. Gary Vee sometimes is just bad audio because it's in the back of a car or it's in an airport or it's wherever. And 
one of the things I sort of suggest about Gary Vee's work is that Gary Vee can do a podcast on his phone in an, in an airport, in an airplane bathroom, and it would still be great because it's great. And so I really think that if you can, in your blogs, create something that's super, super interesting and super creative and kind of makes people go, oh, wow, like that's the, that's the content piece. That's the quote that you want to have in place that people want to connect to. And that can take a variety of, of ways. You know, I would suggest first off that you use some basic psychology in the naming and actual content of your posts that you understand, you know, what attracts people to a headline and what doesn't. People like numbers. I don't love using numbers in blog post titles. I don't personally enjoy it as a writer because I think that it erases the ability of what I really like, which is coming up with a really creative title. But you've got to kind of merge those things in a lot of cases. And so coming up with a title that jumps out at people, some of those, some of the blog posts that I see are, are pretty straightforward from some of the major, major players in, in, the, in the game, if you will. So, you know, companies like Buffer and Hootsuite, when they're putting out their blog or, or HubSpot, for example, when they're putting out their blog, it's, it's often a lot of very simple, very safe uh, titles. So four ways to improve your, you know, blog conversion. And the fact of the matter is, is that those do absolutely get picked up well, because when I Google ways to improve my blog conversion, I'm going to see four ways to improve my blog conversion by HubSpot, for example. But when you're trying to gain that audience, you have to be saying something different. You have to be saying something that is significantly removed from what other people are saying. Otherwise, you just blend into what everyone else is saying and doing. And so I really like to make my headlines, you know, H2 titles and those kind of things. I really like to make them something that kind of jump out at you in a lot of ways. And then once I get you in there, I like to say something that is typically something that might spark a bit of a debate, something a little bit controversial. I'll often say things like, a whole bunch of people think this, and I think that's bullshit. And I'll often then go into the reasons why those people are, in fact, right. And what I'm talking about is a subset or a, a secondary aspect of those kind of things. But... I like to really start with the idea that I'm bringing something new to the table. And that's what I like to see from people's blog content is that you're bringing something new to the table, that you're bringing a new voice or a new perspective or a new anything to the table. And if you can do that, I think that you end up becoming an authority much faster and you end up sort of gaining some momentum much faster. The biggest thing, I mean, this sounds pretty pretty straightforward, but please, for the love of God, don't be boring in the content that you produce. The other thing is that people like numbers. People really do like numbers. We talked about that from the, from the title, but people like to see numbers throughout a piece. People like to see that you know what you're talking about from a statistical standpoint. People like to see that you're not just coming up with this off the top of your head. Now, here's the problem. <laughs> 
you can quite literally make numbers do anything that you want them to. It's one of the amazing and frustrating thing about statistics is that you can make them say really anything you want them to, whether it's, you know, percentage of people that are doing something or percentage of people that like a certain thing or what age demographic is doing this. You can put in just enough subtle changes to the, to what's in there that what you're left with in the end is whatever you want it to say. And that can be negative in a lot of ways. A lot of people use statistics in, in quite awful ways to back up points that are not great. But the good thing is, is that if you are someone who is really legitimately trying to do a good job and you're trying to help people, you're going to find statistics that, that can speak to what you're talking about. If you, here's the thing, if, if I am talking about something from a social perspective, so I do a lot of, a lot of speaking and coaching on social media concepts, I need that data to be correct. If I say that's, you know, and I'm throwing out numbers, these aren't the exact numbers, but that 79% of Facebook users log in daily and use Facebook daily, then I, I need that number to be correct. I can't really fudge the numbers on that. There's a lot of things that you can get really creative with when it comes to statistics and when it comes to numbers. And the way we interpret what data means can be very, very interesting. It can make your point. It can break your point. And the big thing that I will suggest is push data to its limits and then accept what data tells you about almost anything. So, for example, if I really want to believe something, you know, X-Files style, I want to believe. And I keep finding data that just tells me that I'm straight up wrong about this. I'm going to keep looking. I'm going to try to interpret that data in different ways that make my point. But you're going to get to a time when you find out that all the data says you're wrong. At that point, you basically have to throw in the towel on that particular idea. So when you're using statistics, when you're using numbers in your, in your work, be creative, but do not lie. Do not force things that aren't there, and you'll find much greater success uh, in that respect. The other thing has to do with compelling visuals. I'm someone who I don't typically, unless it's a very long form piece, I don't typically use visuals throughout my work. I have a tendency to have uh, to choose a, a featured image that I really, really like that really connects with what we're working with. I like to be very creative with those things. I don't like to have a picture of a, I don't like to have a picture that necessarily directly represents what it is I'm talking about. I like to have a picture that relates to what I'm talking about and allows me to gain people's interests on that particular thing. So I, I like to use visuals in creative ways. If you're writing a longer form piece, you really need to break that up in some way so that it doesn't just seem like an unending slew of words. If you're familiar with lorem ipsum, which is what's you typically used as uh, copy for sites and for, for various things, it's used as a sort of sample text. 
the thing about Laura Mipson is that sometimes you will look at a an actual page and feel like that's what you're reading because it's just droning on and on and on and on and on. And that's bad. Uh, that's not the way you kind of want to do things. And so what I would really strongly recommend is that if it's something that you have a lengthy uh, section for, that you break that up with some sort of visual break. So whether that's using block quotes, whether that's using some images, whether that's breaking it up with some statistics, some infographics, whatever it is, whatever the case may be, try and do your best to break things up a little bit. Basically, the, the overall lessons in this whole thing are, number one, be consistent. Number two, be original, be innovative. Number three, be interesting. And the last part is enjoy what you're doing. If you're not enjoying actually blogging and creating content for your company, find somebody that does enjoy doing those things. I promise they're out there. I can even think of one or two people that might really enjoy writing for different brands. Thank you very much for listening to uh, the podcast today. Uh, if you have any questions, it's at One Red Cat Media on just about every platform. And uh, we're always happy to help. So please reach out. Cheers.